0: If you're searching for more confidence, purpose, and peace in your life, then be sure to request your copy of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called Everything You Need. The good news is that God has already provided everything you need for growth. All you have to do is develop His gifts in your life. This book is yours when you make a donation to Turning Point. And when you give $75 or more, you'll receive the complete set. Visit davidjeremiah.ca for more information. Are you more focused on your temporary earthly home than your eternal heavenly home? Start celebrating your true citizenship and it will show in how you live. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his look at living a life of godliness and shares some ideas to help you change your perspective on this important virtue. With the conclusion of his message, Christ like Character, here's David. And thank you for joining us. This is Turning Point.
1: I'm David Jeremiah. We're studying 2 Peter chapter 1, an extended passage of Scripture that makes a promise that's almost hard to believe, that God has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. Then many of the things that are on that list we have been discussing. Today we're talking about having a Christ-like character. The Bible says that if we trust God, If we put our faith in him, he will help us to develop a Christ-like character. What does that look like, and what does the Bible have to say about it? We'll get to that in just a moment. First, let me just tell you about a conversation I had with a friend of mine uh, yesterday who told me his wife was teaching a large uh, study group of uh, ladies and that they had chosen um, the book The Great Disappearance. You can't imagine what a thrill it is for me to think about the fact that that book is now being used in a Bible study in Texas somewhere, and uh, it continues to have its ministry. And, you know, that's the way it is with all of our resources. We create these resources with the realization that they will be used over and over for many years to come. For instance, this particular series, Everything You Need, is based upon a book that I wrote uh, back some years ago. That book is available from Turning Point, davidjeremiah.org. There's a study guide that goes with it. I have that right in my hands, Eight Essential Steps to a Life of Confidence in the Promises of God. And then, of course, there's the CD packages, the DVD packages that help you um, capture this material, both uh, for listening and for watching. You can get all the information about this at davidjeremiah.org, and I hope you will do it. Stay tuned. At the end, I'll tell you about another resource that's available to you this month, and uh, you can have that in just a few days uh, for your gift of any size to turning point. Here is part two of Christlike Character. If you're trying to find your worth in doing things or winning things or being prettiest, smartest, most athletic, stop it! Because Jesus loves you. That's the most important thing about yourself you will ever know. Amen. So here's the first clue to developing godliness in your life. Christ-likeness in your life. Just remember this. You are God's possession. He created you for a purpose. You belong to him. You are very important. Number two. Not only are you God's possession, but you're God's pilgrim. Here's what it says in 1 Peter 2 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. One of Peter's greatest concepts was this idea of being a traveler down here. This wasn't original to him. I mean, this is in the Old Testament several times where people are called pilgrims. It's not a John Wayne expression. You know, John had that pilgrim thing he did. <laughs> But this means that you and I, we don't really belong here. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. We're sojourners, that's what it says. We're strangers. And there's something really special about that. To Christians who were scattered by persecution and were traveling to heaven, Peter in verse 11 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. In other words, don't take on the characteristics of the environment where you are We don't belong here Listen, to me. I'm gonna give you a statement that somebody told me some years ago. I never forgot I wrote it in my Bible Listen to this. We're not citizens of earth going to heaven. We're citizens of heaven passing through the earth What a difference that makes when you think about that? Let me tell you a little story By the grace of God, Don and I have had the opportunity to travel many places in the world. And I preached in the Calvary Temple in Hyderabad, India. Just for reference, on Easter Sunday, they had 500,000 people in church. But the week I was there was kind of a down Sunday. I preached five times, starting at 5.30 in the morning, all the way through to 6.30 that night. And I preached to over 200,000 people in one day. There's a kind of a funny after story to that, because the pastor there is a guy named Satish Kumar, and he's become a friend of mine. So on one day in a week moment, I said, well, Satish, when are you going to come and preach in my church? He did. He came and preached in my church the Sunday after he had had 500,000 in his church. I was so embarrassed. I finally called him. And I said, Satish, this is going to be like teaching a Sunday school class for you. But he came and he was great. and We had a wonderful time. You know, Hyderabad, India is a long ways away. Many, many hours between San Diego and Hyderabad. Every couple of years we go to Jerusalem. We go to Israel. We've recently been in Switzerland and different places. But I have this little thing I do, and my wife drives her nuts. I never change the time on my watch. I never do. I used to get so confused, and so now I figure it out. The only time I really, really care about is, what time is it in San Diego? (laughs) And I don't want to ever forget that. So I have, for years, I've never changed my watch. I think that's what we're being told in this passage. Just remember, you're on this earth, but keep your watch on heaven time. Keep your watch on the place where you're going to go. Amen. (laughs) That's a pretty important thing to know that you're a pilgrim. You know, there's a book that was written that's, The last I heard was still one of the most read books in culture today, maybe second only to the Bible, and it was written by John Bunyan in 1678. You've probably heard of it. It's called Pilgrim's Progress. And if we're pilgrims, that's kind of an interesting book. What does that mean? Well, that book kind of is a story of a guy named Christian who's on his pilgrimage from when he became a Christian to heaven. As you probably know, Bunyan wrote this while he was in prison. And so this is a story that's set in the old English language, so you have to kind of fight through that. But it tells all these wonderful things that happened to him. He finds his burden lifted at Calvary, and he sets out toward heaven, which is called the Celestial City. Donald Whitney, who's a professor over the years, has assigned Pilgrim's Progress to over 1,000 students, and he's written widely about the power of its images, especially the magnetism of the Celestial City. And here's what he wrote. If you read one of the world's all-time bestsellers, John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, you'll read the writing of a man obsessed with the Celestial City. And he wrote in one of the closing arguments of that section, One of the signs of becoming more like Jesus is increasingly wanting to be where he is. You know, I don't like to talk about my age. Don't want to embarrass any of you who are getting older. But, you know, things do change as you get older. When we start out in life, God gives us physical strength, and he gives us the ability to go and work out, build our physical muscles, and run races, and all that kind of stuff that we do when we're young, because we're adapting to the physical world in which we live. But as we get older, how many of you know some of those things start to disappear? And it doesn't matter how much you work out, they just start disappearing. Whatever happened to that? (laughs) But here's the key to that. Just as God gives us physical muscles so we can adapt to the physical world that he's created, in which he's put us, as we get to the place where we're moving a little bit more and more away from the physical world and toward the spiritual world, he begins to build our spiritual muscles so that we learn more about him. We have a hunger to know more about what it means to be a Christian. We actually find time to read our Bibles more. We want to listen to sermons. We want to go to church. We want to study the Word of God. There's something in us as Christians that just like when we were young in the physical world, we wanted to be strong. We wanted to grow tall. We wanted to be physically active. If we're Christians and we know we're on our way to heaven and we're just pilgrims here, we study the Bible. We learn verses. We learn to sing choruses of praise to God. We're building our spiritual muscles to get ready for the place where we're going to spend forever with Almighty God. Amen. So first of all, you're God's special person. Secondly, you're God's pilgrim. Here's the third thing that will help you as you journey toward godliness. You are God's platform. It says here... That God gives us what he gives us so that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. While we're going through this world as we are, while we're pilgrimaging our way to heaven, our purpose is that we're to be testimonies to God. We're to be witnesses to him. That doesn't mean we have to know the four spiritual laws or the Roman road or any of the other methods of presenting the gospel. It means that our whole life, who we are as pilgrims, is to be a testimony to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Dr. Tom Katina is a physician among the half million inhabitants of the Nuba Mountains of Africa. I don't know very much about that part of Africa but I know there are few roads there and most of the villages are connected by ancient paths. The people are caught there in that particular country in unspeakable warfare. They've been the targets of the Sudanese government's scorched earth policy. Villages and farms have been bombed, residents have fled into the mountains where mass starvation is taking place. No one knows how many people have died. Listen to this. Many children have been blown to pieces while playing, not knowing that their toys were really explosives. Dr. Tom Katina is from Amsterdam, New York, but he lives among the Nuba people. He is the only physician permanently stationed there. His hospital has been bombed 11 times. But amid the carnage, you can see him removing shrapnel from the injured amputating the limbs of wounded children, delivering babies, removing appendix. The New York Times ran an article about him and they took their headline from a comment made about Dr. Katina from a local Muslim man. Here's what he said about Dr. Katina. He is Jesus Christ. That's our goal. Not that we'll ever become Jesus Christ. But that wherever we go, people will see Christ in us. I started praying a little prayer some years ago that I don't know where this came from, but as I would face the day and realize what my routines would be, I just started to pray, Lord Jesus, help me to bring your influence into every situation where I go today. May there be something of Jesus in this situation. And, you know, I get into some pretty interesting places where Jesus doesn't seem like he fits. But when you have Jesus in your heart, wherever you go, if you're living for him, you bring the presence of Jesus into that situation. Isn't that true? Well, that's our goal, to remind others of Jesus. And here in this passage in 1 Peter, he says, Have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, so that when they speak against you as evildoers... They may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God. You don't have to go to the Nuba Mountains to do that. We can do that wherever we are. When Hurricane Florence hit North Carolina back in 2018, Daniel Blevins, who owned a cleaning business, took time off to help his neighbors. And one of the people told a reporter, Daniel didn't even know me, and he showed me love. He reminds me of Jesus. Our hands and our feet... Become the platform or the pulpit by which God is able to speak to our world When we grow in godliness people begin to see Jesus in us and that's the purpose of this character-building Quality that we're given in 2nd Peter chapter 1 add to your faith Virtue add to your virtue knowledge add to your knowledge self-control Add to your self-control, perseverance. And add to your perseverance, godliness, Christ-likeness. Now, that's who we are. That's why we should be this way. So let's take the final step in this little package. Let's go from examining our identity to expressing it. Here's what I want to say to you. Once again, three things quickly. First of all, godliness is about ownership. Live like you belong you belong to Jesus you belong to God it makes you think twice about things you do when you recognize that have you ever as a child remember your parents saying now remember when you go out whose children you are you know (laughs) my dad was the president of the college where I grew up in Cedarville Ohio and he never quite said it this way but my mom had no problem saying it you are the president's son just you know, don't embarrass us. <laughs> when you realize that you're God's special possession, you want to do the right thing. You want to be the right person. It's a great motivation to Christ's likeness. I belong to God. I want to live in such a way that brings honor to his name. I don't want to soil the name of God because I'm one of his children, and I'm acting like I don't know who he is. So... The Bible constantly reminds us of that. In 1 Corinthians, for instance, we read, You are not your own. Therefore, honor God with your body. Romans 1 says, You are called to belong to Jesus Christ, called to be holy people. Romans 14.8 says, If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. We belong to him. I remember reading about Mike Ruffin who recalled the first time in his life when he didn't feel like he belonged He was 14 years old and in love for the first time When his girlfriend dumped him, he was devastated He cried uncontrollably and his distress increased when he found she had broken up with him because he didn't live in a good neighborhood I wasn't good enough for her It was a painful reminder that I was running in a crowd to which I did not belong. I've never forgotten that feeling, he said. People today have lost a sense of belonging. Our world is fractured with entire populations of humanity being displaced at our borders. I mean, I just can't imagine the anguish and the pain that's wrapped up in all of that. Our nation is divided leaving many people feeling like victims our homes are broken leaving people disconnected And at the same time our electronic media and so-called social networks have separated us even further We're in a world in which millions of people have no sense of belonging We're supposed to be closer together because we can push a button and talk to each other. We are faceless people We are soulless people. We're just little button pushers. That's all we are when the writer of Psalm 73 endured a confused time of discouragement and depression, the reality that pulled him through this was this, Psalm 73:23. yet I still belong to you and you hold my right hand. Amen. Isn't that a great truth from God? <laughs> Romans 8, one says it this way, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, we belong to Christ Jesus. And let's live like we belong He's our owner. He's our father. He's the giver of life He's the one to whom we will one day report Charles Spurgeon who's a person I quote a lot Said if you are Christ, let me advise you to do four things You belong to Jesus obey him. Let his word be your law. Let his wish be your will You belong to Jesus, the beloved, then love him. Let your heart embrace him. Let your whole soul be filled with him. Belong to the Son of God. Trust him. Rest on him. Know that whatever he says, you can trust. And you can do it without even thinking about it. Because he's your owner. He's your father. He's God. And you belong to him. Godliness is about ownership live like you belong number two godliness is about citizenship keep your eyes on heaven Keep your watch on heaven's time Set your watch as I mentioned before on what time it is in heaven Keep your eyes on heaven Don't always be looking at the things of the earth. As you diligently add godliness to your life by remembering who you are, you have to keep heaven in mind, God's special place. The closer we get to heaven, the more we should reflect its character. Here's the essence of the principle again. You become like the place you most want to go, and you become like the person you most want to see. That's why I make no apology in my ministry for preaching about the future. I get criticized about that for some reason that I can't really understand. But here's what they say. I can't believe you're always preaching from Revelation or Daniel or one of the Old Testament prophets. Why are you doing that, Dr. That's not relevant. Well, the first thing that I notice is that it must be relevant because when I preach on that, more people come to church than on any other time. If they know I'm going to preach on Revelation, you can get a seat in the place. So it must be relevant to some people. And here's what I tell them now. Just hang on, my friend. It's getting more relevant every day. (laughs) Amen. Just hang on. It's getting more relevant every day. Here's what I'd just like to say. If our future is in heaven and our future is ahead of us, And all of the wonderful things that you read about in the Bible are still out there waiting for us. Wouldn't you think we'd want to find out as much about it as we could? I mean, let's face it, we're going to spend forever there. Once we get out of this place, we're going to be forever in the presence of the Lord in heaven. And there's some things in the Bible that tells us what that's going to be like. Wouldn't you like to know that? Let me tell you what's a sad thing in the Christian church today. Most Christians spend more time planning a two-week vacation than they ever spend trying to figure out where they're going to spend eternity when they're going to be there forever and ever. And that's why I love to preach on prophecy, because I kind of enlighten them a little bit. <laughs> and that's why I want to tell you, you're a citizen. Keep your eye on heaven. You're not a citizen down here. My citizenship isn't here anyway, it's in heaven. I checked that box. Did you check that box? I'm a citizen of heaven. I don't don't care who knows it. that's really what matters. And here's the third one. Godliness is about ownership, so act like you belong. Godliness is about citizenship, keep your eyes on heaven. And godliness is about stewardship, that's not money, it means carry out your assignment. Peter said again, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, so that when they speak against you, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. So what I'm saying to you is this, the Bible says if we live our lives in the culture where God has called us, if we live our lives in such a way that we are uniquely different, than anybody around us because gee, now we're not crazy or, or doing, you know, foolish, stupid things. We're not doing that. We're just being who we are in Christ. We love people. We care about them. We reach out to them. We call them by their name. When they're hurting, we go when nobody else will. When we do those kind of things, when we live our lives like that, with that kind of conduct, the Bible says, when they come after us, so they want to say bad things about us, they can't really do it because you've done so many good things to help them that they just there's no way they can climb over it. If people are going to criticize us, men and women, let them them climb over our love for them and our love and good works for them. Well, there you go. What does it mean to be godly? Means first of all, to know who you are. You belong to God. You are his special person. Number two, it means that you're a pilgrim. You're not here forever. You're here only for the short time God has let you be on this planet. While you're here as a pilgrim, honor him and be his platform to sing praises to his name and by your good works to honor him in your life. If you don't think there's something to work on there, I haven't done my job. All of us are in the midst of this, and all of us take notes in our own hearts. This is going to make me a better person as I walk with the Lord. Amen? Amen? Well, here's one uh, for an unruly world. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about radical kindness, how when we have everything we need for life and godliness, one of those things is radical kindness. I hope you'll join us then as we continue this series. And don't forget, during this month, you can get a copy of a brand new book from Ron Morgan just off the press. It's called The Mediterranean Sea Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Navigating Life's Tempestuous Sea. Someone once said you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. Storms are part of life. And here from this story in the book of Acts, Rob Morgan extrapolates 10 principles to help you get through your storms. can't imagine anything be more valuable to you right now than this book. And you can have it for a gift of any size during the month of February. Just send your best gift and say when you send it, please send me... The Mediterranean Rules Book, and it'll be on its way to you in just a matter of days. See you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We love hearing how God uses Turning Point, so please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules. It offers biblical tools for navigating life's storms, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand with our streaming service, Turning Point Plus. For a monthly gift of any amount, visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Everything You Need on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says what it means and what it means for you available in the new king james and new international versions in standard or large print as well as the english standard version in standard print for more details or to order your copy go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb for
1: more than 40 years dr david jeremiah has faithfully preached god's word And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. James Barry, the English author who gave us the childhood fantasy of Peter Pan, once said, I am not young enough to know everything. I think he meant what we all come to realize as we get older, that we weren't quite as all-knowing as we thought we were when we were young. The Bible speaks highly of the aging process and the wisdom it brings. The book of Proverbs says that there's an even more important source of wisdom. That is the fear of God. As we respect and honor God for who He is, we gain a greater understanding of who we are. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life and discover who God is on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to
0: Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.